0: at ericksoncovenant.ca. Let's get started.
1: There's a lot of feeling, I suspect, that we have, and probably a mixed bag of feelings as we look into 2024. Here's my question for us all. How can we head into 2024, regardless of how we might be feeling about it now, how can we head into 2024 with a sense of deep confidence? Even joy, anticipation, for how good God's going to be to you and me in 2024. Now, I know some of you might be skeptical about that, unsure, because as you look into 2024, you already know some of the things that are coming, and you're thinking, it ain't good. Or you're already looking, and you're really not sure how it's going to all pan out. But I do think there is a way for us to engage in 2024, laid out in that little set of verses that were hidden in, Proverbs 3 that we already heard that will show us how we can move into 2024 with a great sense of confidence and joy, even anticipation. So these two little verses, they're nestled at the beginning of Proverbs. Proverbs, of course, is this rich, cluster of wisdom sayings gathered from various Hebrew sources compiled into 31 chapters makes awesome reading, real insight for living. And the two verses that we're exploring today are very well known. When I was growing up, they made it onto every list of Bible memory verses. Everyone. What? Even on bookmarks, especially graduation cards, (laughs) right? Yes. It's a good passage and really should be committed to memory by anyone uh, following Jesus because it is a way of helping us remember, be equipped to act on it in our daily lives. So join with me in reading from Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 together. Let's read it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. So do you want to approach 2024 with a sense of confidence and joy? Yes. Okay. Do you want to engage 2024 with anticipation for how God is going to lead you forward? We need to, let's do it one more time. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Let's take each of these lines in turn and see how this truth bolsters us for the year ahead. First, we're told to trust the Lord. Now, what's interesting when you read this, this isn't a mild suggestion or a vague invitation, is it? It's what they call in English, and I suspect in Hebrew, an imperative. We're commanded to trust the Lord. This is something we're told to do. Now, within the Jewish Torah, the people of God were commanded to love the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, and strength, right? We might be familiar with that in the Shema of Deuteronomy 6. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Well, this command here in Proverbs to trust the Lord with all your heart operates as an extension of that love command for a person who loves the Lord with all their heart also trusts the Lord with all their heart. And trust, of course, is a strong word. We, we kind of we know what it means. It's this leaning on, this sense of reliance on something that is solid, something that is sure, something that's dependable. We trust things that are tough, right? That have proven their value. And that's why we're so shocked when bridges collapse. Or our chairs shatter. We trust people when they've proven their reliability or truthfulness. This is why it cuts us so deep when we're betrayed by someone unexpected. And we live in a time, we know this, when trust is at a premium, isn't it? There's so little of it. Much of the social and political upheaval that we've been facing over the last number of years boils down to questions of trust, doesn't it? Particularly, who are we going to trust to tell us what's true? and we've been dubbed you've heard it we've been dubbed a post-truth culture but in many ways it's because we become a post-trust culture we just don't know who we can trust anymore but here in proverbs the call the command to trust the lord with all our hearts doesn't come out of thin air it doesn't come out of a vacuum This command to trust is set within a larger framework, not only the framework of this man writing to his son or to his children on how to live a wise and good life. That's what's going on here in the Proverbs, but it's set within the much larger historical framework of God's covenant with his people. People who've experienced rescue, who've experienced the giving of God's law, who've experienced the rich blessing of worshiping a trustworthy God, of following a God who always keeps his promise, who's always faithful to his people, who does not lie, who is always good. This command to trust the Lord with all our heart is rooted in a backstory, in a known history that Yahweh has a proven track record the Lord we're called to trust is a covenant-keeping, deliverance-making, wisdom-loving, goodness-pursuing, creation-upholding, kindly-responsive Lord who actually wants his people to flourish in every way. It's not a command to trust someone who's unproven or someone unknown or worse yet, someone who's failed again and again and again. But, oh, you trust them anyway. The command to trust the Lord is rooted in the steadfast character of God himself, the God who created the world, the God who rescued his people, the God who revealed to them his will and walks with them in life. In other words, it's a command to trust the God you really can trust. And we need to get that. We need to hear it here and now, even as we now come in to 2024, this call to trust the Lord we know it's achieved even greater historical clarity. The Lord and the God who loves us, who created the world we just celebrated has come to be among us as one of us. The Lord of heaven and earth became a man of flesh and blood, entered into our suffering to become sin's remedy, absorbing our evil to restore good to us and to creation and rising again to make this recreation possible and resurrection guaranteed. The Lord is faithful. He's been faithful to rescue his people out of Egypt and keep his covenant prophecies. And now he did it ultimately in Jesus. He has proven himself that this is who we're told to trust. And so the very first way that we position ourselves to go into 2024 with confidence and joy is that we trust that this is the good Lord who goes before us. We can trust him with all our hearts because he is good and he's proven himself again and again. And so as we walk through these verses this morning, we want to begin to develop together a trust resolution for 2024. Now, you might not be ready to say it yet. We're going to say this and develop it as we go. But here's the beginning of the resolution that I suggest we can say together. If you're ready, read it with me, but you'll have opportunity to read it again. In 2024, I am trusting with all my heart the Lord who is good and faithful. This is where it begins. But of course, it continues in the second line, and lean not on your own understanding. We do not trust ourselves for the wisdom that we need. I think this is powerful because we're told right here who to trust and who not to trust. And it's pretty clear who we should trust, and it's pretty clear who we shouldn't. Our hearts are directed toward the trustworthy truth of God's faithfulness and away from our own limited faulty understanding to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding. And that's where the rub comes, doesn't it? I mean, how often do we claim to trust the Lord with all our hearts, but in fact, we are still acting in firm reliance upon our own understandings, our own perceptions, our own cultural or family way of responding or planning or reacting or deciding what's best and what's not. And what's more, and makes it more tricky, is that we live in a culture that encourages us all the time to lean fully on our own understanding, doesn't it? Follow your hearts, people, right? Listen to your instincts. You do you and all that stuff. But here's the thing, the wisdom of the scripture is much more practical and honest about how frail and sinful we really can be. The human heart, the prophet Jeremiah reminds us, is desperately wicked and beyond understanding. That we have an inner bias, the scripture teaches us, towards selfishness and sin. That we have firmly placed filters of greed and lust and pride and anger which happen to be layered over decades of hurt and decades of stupidity and sin and mistakes. And that's even before you get to the fact that most of us really don't know what's going on or do you? We're walking around with a thimble full of wisdom when we really need is a tanker truck full of it. And that's all combined together in me. And the Bible is very practical about that. The Bible calls us to humility about our own wisdom and our own understanding, to place our trust fully in the Lord and not in ourselves. And most of us need to acknowledge that we have a bias toward saying that we trust the Lord, but in fact acting on our own understanding. I mean, how else could you possibly explain the foolishness that's done in the name of Christ or in my own life when I really thought God was telling me that? Early in my marriage, I leaned very hard on my own understanding of how to be a good husband. Which meant, of course, that I applied my considerable insight and wisdom to help my wife grow to be a better person. (laughs) Because isn't that what a good husband should do? Help his wife become a better person. (laughs) It was just so clear to me all the ways that she needed to grow and change. I love you. Um, (laughs) For about 18 months, good husband Tom leaned hard on his own understanding of what good wife Tennille should look like ways that she should change in her life. She should grow in exactly how the Holy Spirit was, you know, directing her to to change. It was well and truly awful (laughs) for her, especially. Um, Leaning on my own understanding was a very unhelpful marriage strategy. I just want to tell you that. If those of you haven't figured that out yet. And it was only when I let that go. When I got some hard knocks and humility, honest responses from Tennille. And began to trust the Lord and not lean on my own understanding. That our marriage then began to grow. The best way to wreck your marriage or your kids or your work. your friendships, is to lean on your own understanding under the guise of trusting God. But this isn't a negative thing. It sounds like that. Here's the thing. When we acknowledge our lack of understanding, when we acknowledge our need for growth, when we are finally admitting that I have a limited and sinful understanding of life and relationships, lo and behold, that's when we can actually begin to learn and grow. Because only teachable people can be taught. Only humble people can grow. Only people who know just how foolish they can be can actually begin to gain wisdom. It's only as we're honest about ourselves that we can actually begin to grow in the ways that God wants us to grow. And encourage each other in helpful ways. And let the Spirit bring changes to our lives first. And then perhaps, perhaps, through us in other people's lives. But hey, you've got a lot of work first. And so we can add to our trust resolution. We'll read it from the top and go through adding a second part. If you can join me, if you're ready, try reading this in 2024. I am trusting with all my heart, the Lord who is good and faithful. I will not depend on my own wisdom and understanding, but will actively lean upon the Lord for his wisdom and grace. Let's keep going. The first two lines cause to trust and to not trust. To trust in the Lord and don't trust yourself. Well, this third line, in all your ways submit to Him, puts that into practice by directing us to take all of our ways. Every aspect of our lives, our work, our thinking, our relationships, all the stuff we do and don't do, how we spend our money, how we invest our time, how we parent our kids, what we do with our friends, how we engage online, where we serve in ministry, how we respond to our spouses, um, how we respond to people in traffic, where we go for vacation how we invest our money, how we, what we choose to study, how we organize our schedules, how we practice a sexual ethic, how we forgive others, how we mentor younger folks, how we play guitar. All those things and more, we are called to submit them all to the Lord. When we consider how we might submit all our ways to the Lord, we trust Him with all our heart, when we bring those things together, well, the reality of trust begins to sink in or maybe the reality of our lack of trust because as I already said, it's fairly easy to think we're trusting God and not leaning on our own understanding but then actually be unaware of the practical everyday ways that this takes place. And this line to submit to him in all our ways moves us into action because we're told that Whether or not we trust the Lord with all our hearts is going to be expressed in exactly how we're submitting all our ways to him. We're to submit all the ways to the Lord in which we are troubled. There are things in your life and in mine that concern us, that trouble us. Things we're working through. Concerns that we carry about our kids. Worries that we have at work. Concern about our mental health and the mental health of a friend or family member. Concerns we have uh, with, our, with our bodies, with our relationships. Concerns we have with the larger global world. We are called to submit all the ways to him in which we are obviously needing help. Where we're troubled and we're, uh, you know, bothered. But we're also called to submit all those ways that we seem blissfully untroubled to. But perhaps should be a little more concerned about. Some of those obvious ways of thinking that we've never really questioned. Our lack of forgiveness for a brother or a sister. Habits of the heart and mind that have just become patterns in our lives and in our family because, well, that's just the way dad did it and grandpa did it, and so I do it too. But it actually needs to be questioned, submitted. Ways that we hold political opinions. Ways that we understand the very nature of making money and saving money and giving money. This little verse calls us to take all our ways without exception, and to actively and thoughtfully and prayerfully and obediently submit them to the Lord that we already trust. Which means that we have to assess what we're up to in order to submit those ways to him. I am guilty of often living very unthoughtfully, just doing stuff, making it up, But somehow in this command to take all my ways and submit them to the Lord, I'm now being challenged to think through, well, what is it actually that I'm doing? How can I assess that? How can I seek the Lord's wisdom in these areas if I'm unaware of what those areas might be? I mean, I use the example of my marriage, which is a continual practice, of course, of submitting. But if you yourself have realized that you've been leaning on your own understanding in your understanding of what it means to be a husband or a wife, for those of you who are single, what it means to be single and to be in friendship, then the call is to actually take those things, takes those ways and and say, I'm going to trust the Lord in these, in this particular area. I'm going to submit my ways as a husband or my ways as a wife, my ways as a friend. I'm going to submit that to the Lord's wisdom from the scripture as he's revealed it to me and revealed it to us so that I can begin to act as a fully submitted person. I'm going to seek godly counsel. I'm going to pray. I'm going to learn from others and seek God's heart. I'm actually going to take this area of my life, this way of being, and I'm going to submit it to him. Uh, another area that we may realize, uh, I, I continually am ch- challenged by this, is that we often lean on our own understanding when it comes to how we um, think of our finances. And I, There's the giving part, which you'd expect me to say, wouldn't you? But I'm actually talking about all the rest of it. How we spend our money, how we think of investment, how we understand saving, how we understand debt. Is it being shaped by a way that is submitted to the Lord who is trustworthy and has given us a whole lot of direction on how we should think and act with regards to our money? Or is it really just responding out of a cultural or accepted or a default way of thinking about our finances? When we take our financial ways and submit to to the Lord to see what God has to say, the way that we think about our money and spend our money and save our money and invest our money will begin to then be shaped by... The trustworthy Lord who's revealed himself in his word. We will also seek godly wise counsel. We will pray about it. We will learn from others. We will seek God's heart in our finances. Those are just two examples, but you can take any example and begin to ask, how will I actually submit my way to the Lord? Because our trust in the Lord is expressed in our submission to him. We can't very much submit our ways to the Lord when we actually have no idea what his ways are like. And so we come to him and ask him to lead and to guide us. Now, really practically speaking, this is New Year's Eve, isn't it? Some of you love resolutions and some of you hate them. But actually, the call here is for any one of you. So those of you who love New Year's resolutions, here you go. Those of you who don't, too bad. What we're seeing here is that We are called to submit all our ways to the Lord. So whether it's the classic resolutions that you're already thinking about of how you're going to eat this year or exercise this year or read this year or whatever it is that's on your plate of thinking about, start there. What does it mean to submit those ways? What does it mean to submit all my ways of eating to the Lord? Have you ever thought about that? That's kind of a wild thought. What would it look like to submit all my ways of media watching to the Lord? I don't know that I've ever scrolled through Netflix and thought, Lord Jesus, lead me today. (laughs) I might change something. But what does it mean to look to the year ahead for those of you who love resolutions and say, how would I submit my exercise plan to the Lord? All your ways, not some, all. And those of you who hate resolutions, well, I don't know. Pretending that tomorrow is just another day of the year. but a new day nonetheless. How are you gonna submit your ways to the Lord in those key areas of your life that you know will bring growth and fruitfulness? Way back in the master class, we looked at Luke 2.52 and saw how Jesus grew in wisdom and stature, right? In favor with God and humans. And, and we talked about how that, those four quadrants can be areas of growth for us. How can you submit your ways to the Lord in those key areas that God wants you to grow. The challenge, practical challenge for us is to mark out some of those ways and begin to say, what's God's mind on these things? And how could I submit this way to him? How could I prayerfully, thoughtfully? How could I engage in a conversation with my spiritual friend about the ways I wanna submit to the Lord this year? And what God might have to say to me about that? Well, developing our trust resolution even further, We'll start with the first and keep going. So in 2024, I am trusting with all my heart the Lord who is good and faithful. I will not depend on my own understanding and wisdom and understanding, but will actively lean upon the Lord for his wisdom and grace. As an expression of my trust, I will submit all my ways to him, learning from the Holy Scriptures what that means for my life. And let's go to the fourth line he will make your paths straight. All of this adds up and concludes with an incredible promise, doesn't it? He will make your paths straight. Or as some of you might have memorized it, he will direct your paths. Isn't that exactly what we want? I mean, when we look into 2024, isn't that what we need to know that the path will be straight? That we'll have direction, a sense of confidence moving forward because we're following a guide who is trustworthy? As we trust in the Lord with all our hearts, choosing not to follow our own understanding, but rather submit all our ways to him, we're told that God will direct us through that. That God will make our paths straight. That God will lead us forward. We don't have any idea what tomorrow holds, let alone this next year or the next two years or the next 10 years, but we're told that we actually don't need to. From a position of trust and submission, we're promised a path. We're promised a direction. Because we have a good leader. The same God who was trustworthy yesterday is going to be trustworthy tomorrow. And we can hold on to that. We can rely upon him for that. Well, how is he going to do that? How is he going to direct your paths? Here's where it gets kind of interesting. See, we're told to trust the Lord and not ourselves, right? That's pretty clear. And we do that. We express that by submitting all our ways to him. But what we discover as we do that, as we trust the Lord for wisdom, as we recognize our own frailty and our own sin and our own lack of wisdom, as we dig into God's word to learn what he says and seek the good and godly counsel that's available to us and pray with intention and humility, what we find is that God leads us by his Holy Spirit. He gives us what we need. James 1:5 says, if anyone lacks wisdom, you should ask God. He gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Jesus Himself said, My sheep know my voice, and they follow me. It's so interesting here because it's like it's the counter-truth to what we heard earlier. They're both true. When we think we trust God, but we are in fact leaning on our own understanding and we're not submitting our ways to him, we then often have a too high a view of our own wisdom, our own hearts, our own ability to understand what to do. And we need humility. We need true, honest confession of our sin. And and we need to embrace a willingness to change. That's where the scripture leads us. But, and this is a beautiful thing, when we are actively, humbly, Openly submitting our ways to God with full trust, when we're seeking good and godly counsel, not just assuming we know everything, when we're searching the scriptures for God's revealed will, when we're learning to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit who has been given to us, well, then it turns out that many of us have a way too low a view of God's leading in their lives. And what we need is to actually have more confidence and more assurance. Even trust that God, the God who has revealed his desire to us, he is leading us and we can follow his voice. It's important that we hold these tensions together. It's not a call to then just start leaning on our understanding, but there is a promise there that God will lead us by his Holy Spirit. And we can grow in our discernment and our ability to hear and follow the voice of Jesus as he speaks within us, as he speaks clearly within the scripture, as he speaks within the community of faith that we're in. A trusting, submitted Christian can rely upon God's promised guidance. And I am thankful for that. Trusting his guidance in the days ahead does not mean that everything's going to be easy, however. Right? Sometimes we've heard this and we thought, path straight sounds great. Nothing but lots of money and easy times ahead, right? (laughs) Wrong. We know that the paths God leads us on often involve Suffering As they did for his son, as they have for his people, it will for us. But what we have is a promise that God will grow us into the image of his son more and more as we follow his straight paths. That his true will for us to be conformed to the image of Jesus, His true direction for our lives, that we would be more and more loving, more and more caring, more and more oriented around His vision for us, His church, and His world. That that direction is clear and He will lead us in it. The reality is, we don't know what 2024 holds, but some of you, and I don't mean to be grim here, but let's be honest, some of you will not be alive by the end of 2024. You'll be with the Lord. I pray and hope. Some of you will have experienced tremendous tragedy in 2024. Some of you will receive horrific health news. Some of you, there will be devastating things happen in your family and your life. Or there'll be other things that change that you weren't expecting, you weren't looking for. Some of you are going to face trials at work. Some of you are going to face challenges in your relationships with your kids, with your spouse, with your family, or with your friends. Some of you are going to just face things you did not expect. That's the reality of life, of living in a broken world. But it doesn't change even one little bit this promise that God will make your path straight. He will direct your path according to his best for you. We often hold on to that promise in Romans 8:28 that in all things, all things, all things God works for the good of those who love him. And his good for you is that you would be more conformed to Jesus, more in the image of his son, more filled with his love and his joy, trusting in him more. That is his perfect and good will for your life. And that's why he called you. God's promise to make your path straight is a promise that he will use to strengthen you, to grow you, to develop you more and more into the image of his son. And so we can trust him. Now, I am not saying that 2024 is going to be terrible for everybody. There's also going to be experiences of tremendous joy and triumph in 2024, and we are excited about that too. But either bad or good or difficult or complex, none of that changes one little bit. God's promise that as we submit all our ways to him and trust him with all our hearts, he will make our paths straight, straight to him straight to good. So let's complete our trust resolution, beginning right back at the start and developing it as we go. Read together. In 2024, I am trusting with all my heart the Lord who is good and faithful. I will not depend upon my own under- wisdom and understanding, but will actively lean upon the Lord for his wisdom and grace. As an expression of my trust, I will submit all my ways to him Learning from the Holy Scriptures what that means for my life and trusting that the Lord will guide me into his best in the days that lie ahead. How can we head into 2024 with deep confidence, with unshakable joy, with an anticipation of how good God's going to be to me and you in 2024? Well, this is how. We trust the good and faithful God. We submit our ways to him and we follow his leading. And friends, I believe that as we do that, we will experience things in 2024 that were beyond our imagination, even in the midst of suffering. We will experience a God who is so good. Let me finish by reading the same verses, but now from the message. Just hear this. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we are so grateful that you are good and faithful, that we can lean wholly upon you and know that you will never fail. And we look to 2024 with anticipation, Lord, because you will lead us into this new year. We confess that we often claim to trust you but lean on our own understanding. And we just want to say, here and now, Lord Jesus, we want to trust you for real and not lean on our own understanding. And I pray that you would help each one of us to determine the ways we must submit to you. What it means for us to explore and examine and assess all all our ways and place them under you, obedient and responsive to your will. And may this fill us with this incredible confidence moving forward. We've got a God trustworthy, holy, good, who is leading us into our best future. We trust you, Lord. We love you. We give you praise and glory for loving us and leading us. In your name we pray. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening in today. We hope you feel encouraged and challenged. If you know someone who would benefit from what you have heard today, please share this podcast. For more information, or if you have questions, you can connect with us through our website, ericksoncovenant.ca. You can also find us on Facebook by searching for Erickson Covenant Church.